You know when you search for something on Netflix, what you get is only a fraction of what they really have? The streaming service actually has more than 18,000 titles globally, but only about 6,000 of those are available in the good old US of A. That means you're missing out on literally thousands of great shows. Unless, of course, you use ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is an app that lets you change your online location, protecting your devices from unwanted snooping and allowing you to control where streaming services and other websites think you're located. There are over 100 different locations to choose from, which means you have access to thousands of new shows and movies no matter where you live. This doesn't just work with Netflix, it works with Disney+, Hulu, Max, a UK streamer called BBC iPlayer, and more. I was on a work trip in the UK during the final season of Game of Thrones, and I tried logging into my HBO account to watch a new episode, but the technology wouldn't let me because of geoblocking. And I wish I had this app at that moment, because I now realize how incredibly easy it is to work around that problem. Here's a more recent example. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is not streaming on Netflix in the US, but I just fired up the episode where Dennis tries to have a peaceful mental health day and technology keeps interrupting his plans. All I had to do was open ExpressVPN, connect to a UK server, refresh Netflix, and the show just popped up. It's super easy. I've also heard good things about that show called Billions, but I've never been a Showtime subscriber, so I've never seen it. But it's actually available right now on Netflix in South Korea, and with ExpressVPN, it took five seconds to switch over and start checking it out. With ExpressVPN, you get high-quality streaming from devices like your phone, laptop, tablet, and TV. And crucially, it protects your privacy and security to keep your information safe from hackers. Stop missing out on great TV and get thousands of new shows with ExpressVPN. We got them to give you all three extra months free when you use our special link, expressvpn.com slash slash film. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slash film to get three extra months completely free. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Home Daily for Monday, November 21st, 2022. On today's episode, we are here to discuss the biggest news of the week, maybe the biggest news of the month. Bob Iger is returning to Disney, replacing Bob Chapek as CEO. This is Slash Home Editorial Director Peter Serretta. And joining me on today's podcast is Slash Home News Writer and Box Office Expert Ryan Scott. Hey, hey, everyone. How's it going? Would you believe we have something more important to talk about than box office on a Monday, Peter? <sighs> you know, I was going to text you last night, Ryan, and I was going to be like, boy, we, we got a podcast tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, because you were you were um, I, I don't know if you'll get credit for this, but you were among the first people that kind of got wind of this. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, uh, yeah. and, yeah. and uh, you know, not to not to. But but I mean, that's sort of true. Yeah. And I, it's funny because um, I, I was frantically looking like, is this true? You know, it's it's really hard because like now with Twitter and, you know, anybody can pay to get verified. You, you don't know what, it, you know, is this a fake account written by someone? Is this a real account? Um, yeah. It's, uh, but we, we jumped on it pretty quickly there. And um, OK, let, let's talk about this. People don't want us to uh, pat ourselves on the back. They want to hear about the news. Uh, and if you don't know what the news is, the news is. That Bob Chapek, uh, the person who has been running Disney for the last two to three years. Two and a, he took over in February 2020, which is a famously great time to get into the media business. 
Yeah, yeah, that 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 uh, you know, if that was against him for sure, and we'll we'll talk about that. Um, but yeah, he has been ousted. He is no longer the CEO of Disney. He's being replaced by Bob Iger, someone who has retired from the company. He's the guy that basically is credited uh, with the. You know, the, the the last couple decades of Disney's growth, uh, the acquisition, I and mean, we'll talk about all that, but, um, you know, uh, he thought he was out, but they pulled him back in. And, uh, okay, uh, let's, let's, um, let's start with the, the surprise of this, because uh, how shocking was this news when you learned about this, Ryan? Uh, I think... For me, I, like I so Sundays, my ritual is I wake up, <laughs> I might go to the store, I might go for a workout, and then I sit in front of the TV and watch football for like nine hours. That's my like, that's all I do on, and it's usually my cheat day as well. So like, I had a whole last panel lasagna, some gingerbread cookies. That's what I was doing, and then I'm sitting there in the middle of Sunday night football, and this pops up, and there are a few things on a Sunday <laughs> that will take me away to get me to go to work. But I was like, yeah, this is. This is like, I need to be the one that writes this for us because I am like, what the fuck? The gears were turning. Um, but at the same time, now, as surprising as it was that it was announced so quickly that there wasn't like wind of it beforehand, when you really think about it, when you look at what's been going on, and we'll get into this in a minute, I don't know that I was that shocked that Chapex out. And I honestly oh, oh, don't know. The Chapex out part that- of this is, is not the shocking part. I think the Bob Iger part is. <laughs> But I'm also not really, when you think about it, that shocked that Iger came back because because he was still on the board. And I think the biggest thing is, I, I don't know, he, he was a guy, he has a lot of investment in this company. So I don't know, like, I don't think he wanted his legacy to be the company fell apart as soon as I left. <laughs> you know, so like, so I kind of, I think there might be some investment on his part there. Yeah, last night I was thinking about this and I was like, is there anything like this that has ever happened in our lives. And I, I think the closest situation might be in nineteen ninety seven with Apple when Steve Jobs yeah, returned. Yeah, when Jobs home. came back. Yeah. Yeah. After being out for twelve years. I mean this was obviously a, a shorter period of time. Um uh so uh yeah uh, it, 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 it's shocking. And you know I think it was more shocking to me because I actually expi- expected Iger to run for political office. There were some people that were saying that he was going to run for president. There was others saying he was going to run for a smaller office. Um, I, I just thought he had he had spent so many years trying to get out of Disney. Uh, it, it's strange to see him jumping back in, but I, it, it makes sense. And I also think that Iger is one of these guys that can't retire. You know I mean, he, he seems like one of these guys that um, he wakes up at four in the morning, does his gym workout. Yeah, you, but, you know I mean? like. But- he doesn't but, relax. Yeah, but he's also like he's one of those Arnold Schwarzenegger types where it's just like they don't some of this they probably don't see it as work. Like it's sort of like this is existence to them. Like this is a bit of a different. And I agree. I actually thought because that was one of the first things I did was the math. I'm like, well, when could he run for president if he's if he does two more years at Disney? Because I really thought that's what he was going to do. And yeah. Uh, and yeah, so he wouldn't be able to run until like the 2028 election which I think he would be like 76. So it's not impossible, but like I, that really was something that seemed like it was on the table, but, uh, but you know, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I just think more than anything, it's, it's, it's the legacy for him that I think he's trying to protect. Yeah. Uh, this morning, the Disney stock rose 10% to over a hundred dollars in pre-market trading 
uh, which I, th- I think probably takes us into our next segment here, which is why did this happen? Uh, because there's a lot of you know questions here. You know, was it the earnings call? Was it the public perception around Bob Chapek uh, was kind of pretty bad, especially in the the uh, Disney fandom circles. Like uh, he, I, I have not seen a more hated CEO of a company. <laughs> Than Bob Chapek in, in, in quite some time. Also, I, I, quite, actually, maybe maybe Elon Musk, but yeah. well, now. But I'm saying, but also, like you got to understand, people. You know, not a lot of people know the name of a CEO of a company they like. People liked Bob Iger. You know, they they knew his name. You know, so so I think that you know the the guy that took that over, like yeah, Chapek made himself pretty unpopular pretty quick. <laughs> you know, it's it's uh. Well, I, I Disney mean, also has a legacy of that. Like, you know, P- Disney fans know the CEO starting, you know, obviously at the Walt Disney, but going through the years of, you know, uh, Michael Eisner, Bob Iger, like, you know, they've been, kind of been like n- more than just the CEO. They're also like a, the face of the company. Yeah. And, and you have to be if it's Disney, like it's a different job than like another CEO of a different studio. It's a different job. But um, why do you think this happened this week? Look, uh, I say this a lot and it's like unsexy things to say, but like the the entertainment business, because it movie Disney is a lot more than just movies. The entertainment business is a business first and foremost. So look, Disney since Bob Iger stepped down, now look, pandemic, not helping anything. Um, you know, when your theme park shut down and you can't generate any money at the box office, doesn't help. What also doesn't help is the fact that you bought 20th Century Fox or most of Fox and every movie you inherited from that studio bombed in the last year at the box office before things went to hell. So let's look at the main indicators here. A year ago, Disney stock was at around hovering around 150 to $160 a share. Now it's at 96.89 as of this exact recording. And that's it was at up, 80 last week. Right. And it was at 80 last week. So you're down 50% before Iger took back over year to year. That's bad. You know, <laughs> the other thing is that Disney is somewhere hovering around $50 billion in debt. Uh, that Fox acquisition was over $70 billion, but it was $71 billion. So that is a lot attributed to that. And the other thing you have going on is that, you know, box office tanks and the only thing you've really been investing in heavily is streaming, which won't pay off until at least the end of 2024. And at that point, it's slim margins. Uh, yeah, the situation doesn't look great. You know, like I I have not really spent a lot of time in the theme parks, but the 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 tone around what's gone on in the theme parks is dire. People hate it. You know, so, so yeah, I mean, like you have to look at every facet of Disney's business right now. I don't know where the room for growth is because Disney is still doing better than most other companies in a lot of those areas, (laughs) but which is really the real trick here. Right. But things are not going well. And, and Chapek was not a well-liked guy. So there was little, you know, so that's really, you just have to look at the financial situation is bad and it comes down to being that simple. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing is the, you know, just five months ago, the board renewed Bob Chapek's contract for three years. <laughs> yeah, they sure did. Which uh, tells me that this is a rather recent decision. Like the stock has been falling for some time, but that earnings call last week or was it 
two like a week ago. and a half ago or something. Yeah, I think that uh, when it hit, when the Disney stock hit a new long-time low in its biggest single-day drop after the quarter three earnings call this month, uh, the the, uh, the shares were down 41% overall this year, which is insane. And I, I think if you talk to any Disney fan that's been following this and following JPEG, uh, he's been doing his best to cut costs, to raise prices, to cut portion sizes, to, you know, he, he's been uh, penny-pinching this whole thing. And I think, you know, say what you will about D- Disney fans hating Chapek, but if it, if you're successful, I don't think he would be ousted. Now. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, no, it, it, and it, the it, thing is, like, it, yeah. the, the, every indicator we have says he's not been successful. Yeah. You know, he's not been successful in implementing the future plans that Iger laid out very clearly before he left. You know, I I mean, yes, the one area they've been positive at is streaming growth, but we've seen Wall Street react pretty differently to that now because streaming profits are relatively thin even when it's working. So you have to have other facets of your business and you've had stuff, you know, they've undercut theatrical in a big, bad way the last couple of years in ways they shouldn't have done. You know, they shouldn't have put some of those Pixar movies on Disney Plus and devalued that brand probably irrevocably. They shouldn't have, you know, I don't, look, God, I mean, and, you oh, know, we, I mean, you have, we can talk about this stuff in a second. We'll, let's get to that. I, I just want to say um, so this happened over the weekend. The Disney board reportedly held an emergency meeting on Saturday night to finalize the decision to remove JPEC and bring Iger back. And uh, I wanted to ask you, who do you think approached to? Do you think it was the board's idea or do you think Iger came to the board? I know he's on the board, but do you think uh, like what? How do, how do you think this happened? My understanding of the situation is that the board approached him. I read a little bit. Again, I've been very busy this morning. I haven't had a ton of time to, to dig because yeah. a lot of reporting has been done. But my understanding is that the board came to him. Um, and, and from what the other thing I understand is that it's a very low compensation package. Um, he's not actually making a ton of money. Yeah, uh, it's more. And the other important thing, which did come out in the press release last night. So this was Disney saying it is that he uh, he's only in for two years. And the idea is that he's going to take someone and the idea is that he will have like a more like a protege, essentially. So the idea is that in two years, there will be someone ready to take over. So, you know, it. so, uh, yeah, I get the sense the board approached him. Yeah, the it says that he has a two-year deal with the direct mandate to be, quote, uh, to work closely with the board in developing a successor to lead the company at the completion of his term. Uh, the it, it also said, let me pull this up here. It also said, uh, quote, the board has concluded that Disney embar- as Disney embarks on this increasingly complex period of industry transformation, Bob Iger is uniquely situated to lead the company through this pivotal period. Um, <laughs> this is crazy. This is just this is this is nuts. Uh, okay, let, let's let's talk a little bit about um, Bob Chapek. How, how did? Well, actually, before we say you know how did Bob Chapek fail, I think it's worth noting that uh, Bob Chapek was given a bad hand. He was dealt a oh bad hand here. Oh my god! <laughs> February twenty twenty, you take over that job. <laughs> But not just that. He's also like, uh, Bob, you're, you're you're becoming CEO. We just we just spent all this money on Fox. You're going to be in uh, tremendous debt as a company. 
Oh, and there's a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, but like, okay, but before the pandemic, imagine inheriting Disney Plus, like, you know, Disney, and then like, and then like, you know, the promise of what that Fox deal meant before the pandemic. Like, that's actually an exciting time. It, it just, the pandemic destroyed all of that. <laughs> because the thing is, like, even with some of those other money burdens, the parks always made money. So, like, before COVID, it's like you always had that stuff to fall back on. You know, so so it's like, yeah, look, you're right. It's fair. The dude was dealt a bad hand. But oh, I'm I not think defending him. I, I just think that we should mention that because I feel like a lot no, of people. Right, but, yeah. No, but but I, what I was going to say transitioning now, but but okay. So if we if we start looking at 2021 <laughs> is when COVID started turning around a bit. Yeah, D- Disney has not. If you take them, especially if you take the Marvel movies out of it, oh my God, they have not. Like they have really not been, you know, climbing out of it in the way that other studios have, in the way that Universal, Paramount, some of these other players have. You know, so so like, yeah, I mean, I think his failure has been has shown its colors in the post in in the sort of post pandemic world. Yeah. And Chapek's kind of noted as like the spreadsheet guy. He's trying to maximize profit. Uh, he doesn't care about the he's seen as a guy that doesn't care about the quality. He's always he's just about the return. Uh, I'm not sure if that's fair or not, but um, Disney fans kind of especially the theme park fans see him kind of as this like evil Lex Luthor type. Probably doesn't help that, uh, you know, he's bald. But um, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Ryan, but I think it's harder to see in the movies and TV where what decisions he made wrong, especially like in those divisions, they they require a three to four year development period. There's a couple of blunders, but I feel like it's more, uh, you could see more of the, the cracks in what he did in the theme park area but you might you might have more insight on this than me as far as like the movie stuff goes yeah movies and tvs and like yeah i I think i think distribution is is very much where you see because he still gets to make those decisions right and like oh yeah and, and so you know and again i wrote a big thing pixar was one of the most reliable brands in all of entertainment it is something any studio would they would you know they would divorce a loved one to to have that asset and and i think that what they did to devalue pixar under chapex leadership it's unforgivable it's it's genuinely unforgivable like it's 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 unbelievable um and yeah so i think that to me is like the biggest of big red flags there and you know i i i so that that to me is and when you look at like one of the crown jewels of the company you know, that that's kind of that 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 to me is the red flag. But again, along with what I've heard as a guy who's going to Disney World for the first time next month, I'm like, boy, I picked a good time, didn't I? Um, you know, but like so some tips. <laughs> yeah, I was actually I was I was gonna talk to you off air about that. Yeah. But um but uh but yeah, I mean you have to look at some of that stuff. And I and I look as as a huge Star Wars fan, I don't know how much say he's had in a lot of what's been going on. I, I don't know. I don't know that you can say that the Star Wars brand has been managed perfectly in the post Rise of Skywalker world. You know, I uh, yeah, I don't know. There's just the, it, it, what it seems like decisions he has had have been at best uninspiring yeah. and at worst, much worse than that. Yeah, it um, seems stupid so, to me to not have theatrical Star Wars stuff 
since that right time. And, and they're working toward that and the only other thing i would say is that Chapek is a guy who clearly was a spreadsheet guy and that's okay in some cases but i think the difference with disney is like i talked about disney requires something di- different Iger was always a guy who had vision for not only what disney is but what it could and should be in the future and a lot of those acquisitions that were made under disney's uh, under Iger's leadership sort of spoke to that yeah and uh, our, Chapek, our editor Jacob Hall in our Slack channel said something I think that was very insightful. He said, Iger thinks in generations, Chipek thinks about the next quarter. Right. And I, and I think the problem is great quote. No. And Jacob nailed it because I think the problem is when you have $50 billion in debt, you can't just think about the next quarter. Like it's got to be a bigger picture to get you out of that kind of debt. And, and especially when you make a $71 billion acquisition, you're thinking in decades, not quarters. You know, yeah. you make that acquisition based on decades, not quarters. So, you know, I just think that Chapek was, you know, that that's where I come down on it. Yeah. But let's go through uh, some of Chapek's blunders. Uh, his reaction to the don't say gay bill in Florida. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I, I don't have much to articulate on that. Like some people that work for us have done like BJ has done a great job yeah. articulating how bad he screwed that up. But um. Man, I mean, talk about a public facing, just like, why would you? I think that was yeah. where the beginning of the end for him came in, actually. It, that upset so many people in that company. Um, put, uh, like you said, pushing the theatrical movies to Disney Plus, not just uh, Pixar, but um, I mean, obviously, they were in a bad situation. But that Mulan deal where they like tried to get people to not only pay for Disney Plus, but then pay was it 20 bucks on top of that? To $30. Watch it was, 30 no, I think, cause I think black widow, it was $30. Like, <laughs> you know, Oh, and that uh, Scarlett Johansson situation. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Be, because of that. But again, this is where I talk about distribution. What a stupid, stupid, stupid decision. All of that was, Yeah. you know, I and it know. was like, oh, not even a bad decision at the start, but then when things got, you know, to the press and stuff, the way that he and Disney reacted under his leadership was appalling and, and something that like it would never have happened under Bob Iger. It would have never happened right. that and, way. And, no. And, and again, it's also like it goes to the point of like, OK, so so you you say Mulan and Black Widow are worth thirty dollars like and then the other problem is then you go. But these Pixar movies are free. You know, you have set an expectation in the public mind. You know, that's where I get to the issue of like when I talk about distribution decisions, baffling and stupid, like across the board. Yeah. Uh, On the theme park side of things, I think where you see a lot more things that like uh, were implemented uh, pretty quickly under his regime. And, uh, you know, he's been trying to squeeze out more money out of the guests by offering less. Uh, the cast members have had to serve more guests with less staff, uh, which I mean, is not entirely his problem. There was a pandemic and whatever, but they're not willing to raise their, their rates like universal has, uh, you know, across the street and, uh, you know, food in the park has become more expensive and smaller portioned. And then on the earnings call, they made a joke that, uh, maybe some of the guests need smaller portions. I feel like that joke would have never flown. <laughs> uh, they've uh, started charging for the fast pass system uh, program called Genie Plus, which uh, which basically makes a day at the parks more complicated and less fun. 
there's a reservation system which uh, was created around the pandemic and maybe for good reason but now it's being used to create false demand and exclude certain types of guests that there's buckets and they can basically decide you know uh, if you're an annual pass holder who's going to spend less money then you have less there's less reservations in that bucket than the bucket of uh, for the ticket buyers you know the tourists that are going to spend the real money uh you know there's been budget cuts across the entire uh imagineering and uh, what's going on in the parks and if you talk to any disney parks fan you you feel under chapek that the parks have lost some of the magic and the numbers and financials have become the priority and don't get me wrong disney has always been a company they're they're here to make money uh but in the past it felt like uh when you went to a disney park or you went to a disney thing like um, there was a certain level of quality and it, it, it felt like you were getting what you paid for, if that makes sense. And uh, a lot of Disney fans uh, really just hated JPEG uh, so much so that he didn't even appear at the two major movie panels at D23 because reportedly he was afraid that people were going to boo him. Um, but uh, again, I think all this would have flown. If the stock was way up, I think he would still be CEO. But um, yeah. Well, yeah, uh, but that's any company. If it's doing well, you you roll with it. <laughs> and also, uh, it's so funny how like JPEG is kind of the mirror to Iger, like the reverse mirror to Iger. Like uh, Bob is so. Uh, I mean, I, I uh, sorry, JPEG uh, is such a bad like people person. Uh, people within the company, like you know, that have worked with him. Like have said that like you know he never introduced like introduced me to like he, he's uh cast member morale was like at an all time low under him and uh, yeah one other big thing I think one of the one of the biggest things uh, uh, <laughs> as part of the Imagineering division of the company he was moving the Imagineering division of the company to Florida so you had these people that have been working there oh I for, remember that yeah yeah. yeah. 30, 30 plus years, you know, they're years away from getting their pension and told that they're going to have to move them and their whole family to Florida or, you know, it's like, uh, basically almost everybody is, uh, from what I understand in that division, almost everybody is, is not making the move. And, um, you know, they're basically going to have to rehire all these people from college for cheaper rates. And it's, it's, I don't know. It's just like, how is this going to all affect the product? of what the Disney company produces, you know, in 10, 20 years. And it, it feels all like hygely detrimental to the, uh, the legacy and what, what's going to happen to them. And hopefully, I don't know. I'm not sure if Bob Iger is going to reverse that or not. We can talk about that in a second, but uh, I should ask you, Ryan, is Bob Iger the big savior that I think he's being painted as the media? Uh, In some way. I mean, I don't know how much you can accomplish in two years, but I think it's definitely he if there's a guy that can start maybe not write the ship entirely, but set you in a much better course. Um, it's him. You know, he's the guy that, you know, he's the guy that can do it. Um, you know, I'd be curious to see who gets brought in to do what, because clearly some heads are going to roll at certain divisions and, you know, Iger's going to bring in some of his guys. I'm, I'm curious what happens at Lucasfilm. I'm curious what happens at Pixar. I'm, I'm curious what happens with the parks i'm curious what happens with those imagineers i'm curious how heavy-handed he's going to be in trying to to sort of get this stuff right and you know we'll see i but i do think 
if you have a shot at reversing some of this, he's he's maybe your best shot. What was Bob Iger's big accomplishments as Disney CEO? I know a lot of people say the acquisition of Marvel, Pixar, Lucasfilm, and Fox, and they say it like it's an easy thing. Like, oh, it was he just bought them. That that like you know. It, no, I, you know, put, no, put, the, put, these put were, JPEC the, in that situation where, you know, he was in the position to buy any of those companies. And I don't think it would have happened because you have to convince like because you got to understand before that Fox deal, the Fox deal is on a whole nother level. But when you talk about even just buying the Muppets, like you have to convince the Hensons that you are the right home for the Muppets like Marvel. Similarly, you got to convince them. After all that's in, you got to keep on those early MCU movies were technically independent productions. You then have to convince Marvel that you are the right home to, for your brand. These are not easy things to do, you know, like that. And, and that all ultimately flows through Iger star Wars. You bought star Wars. That was the biggest story before I ever followed this stuff religiously. There was not a person I knew that wasn't talking about the day that that Lucasfilm deal closed. Yeah. Like, Oh my God, we're getting more star Wars. Like, you know, that that was such a big deal. And, you know, that doesn't happen. I know I know George was kind of like maybe done with it. But but I mean, still, for you know, he to 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 make that deal happen. You know, I mean, that's a big, big, big deal. And then again, that I go back to he was thinking about what Disney could be in the future. And those deals speak to that. It was vision. Yeah. I can't even imagine, you know, JPEC going over to Steve Jobs' office at Pixar or I guess it would probably actually at Apple and making the pitch to buy Pixar. I don't think it would have turned out. I don't I don't think Jobs would have sold it. <laughs> but um yeah. No, so it- I agree. I just don't think he he didn't have cuz again, when you're talking to these people that care about this stuff, they want to see some vision. And you know, JPEC just doesn't yeah. nothing about that. But um, I did want to talk about like, you know, what is Iger good at beyond the acquisition? Because I feel like so much of him, like when you read articles about him, it's it's all focused on that. And I, I feel like uh, I feel like when I talk to filmmakers and I talk to actors in the business, I just hear a love of uh, how he's creatively driven, how he's great with talent, how um, he's so active in everything. Like he's hands on and not like, you know, let's cut them up. You know, he's always offering creative ideas and stuff like that. And I, I feel like that's not something we've heard with JPEG. I agree. I, I think JPEG's ideas have all been, you know, how does the bottom line look better? Uh, and again, yeah. that has that lacks vision. Yeah. Um, and, and also, we should mention that Iger saved Disney animation. Um, yes, with the thanks of John Lasseter. And that was another situation he handled. And I think he handled it pretty well. Um, uh, opened two Disney parks in uh, Hong Kong and Shanghai. Launched the Disney Plus streaming service. Uh, oh, on the, on, the, on the good and bad side of things, live action Disney animated remakes. I think were, were, were kind of uh, Iger's baby in a way. And those have made so much money for the company, but are also... Uh, a lot of people don't like them, so. <laughs> I don't know. Well, uh, but again, that's where you get into the business. That's where you get into the business of it all. And allow me just a quick second to say, if you have not seen the live action remake of Pete's Dragon, oh my God, watch Pete's Dragon. Yeah, I mean, 
say what you will about those live action remakes, but uh, at least when he was CEO, and I know he's not like the person making all these decisions. There's, there's obviously you know uh, Sean Bailey and all his whole team or whatever. But you know he he's you know it comes down from the top, and uh, I, I think the thing that you see with those films is they're regularly hiring interesting filmmakers. Sometimes they don't turn out well, but but they're taking some risks, especially like that Pete's Dragon. Like, you know, who would have thought to give that guy, uh, who is it, uh, Lowry? Um, give him uh, a Disney animated remake. You know, it, it seems like a crazy idea. And it, it ended yeah, up and, being and it, amazing. I know that movie didn't make a ton of money, but like, man, oh man, like, Jesus Christ, that's a good movie. Like, that is a that is a stone cold great movie. And again, like, not every good decision pans out, but you see, like, even the ones that didn't pan out, like, in some of those situations under Iger, like, you see where they were, like, willing to take some good risk. And ultimately, at the end of the day, like, the creative vision behind it made sense. And that's where I think a big difference is. Um. In recent months, Iger supposedly was letting close confidence know that, uh, uh, supposedly Chapek, uh, he looked at Chapek as his biggest mistake that, uh, putting Chapek in line as his successor. And, he, and, and that's the thing that Iger, you know, Iger has been trying to leave the Disney company for years. Uh, you know, he was first grooming, uh, uh, CFO Jay Radslow, uh, then, um, CEO Tom Staggs and, uh, Kevin Mayer and who oversaw the successful launch of Disney plus, uh, you know, and then like, it seemed like the only person left was Chapek and <laughs> chose Chapek. Uh, and so, you know, that's a bad decision that Iger made, right. To choose Chapek to, to run the company. Uh, yeah, but I mean, it's like, <laughs> could he have possibly known it was going to go this way? I mean, he, I don't know. <laughs> I, to be honest with you, I don't think any of us knew in February 2020 what was going to happen. But um, I mean, the, the the coronavirus was already like, you know, in China in 2019. And I don't know. There, there's some people that speculate that Iger was getting out because he knew what was coming. But I, I don't buy that. Um, OK, I want to ask you. uh why risk his legacy to come back? Like, it seems like he has such a great legacy as CEO of the Walt Disney company and him coming back. It seems like it's almost like a no win situation. Um, again, I think it's got to do with more protecting his legacy than anything else. Because if you look at like the trail of destruction that followed, you know, that that's sort of like, his legacy is, oh, he got out and it fell apart, you know? And like, so I think that if he can, so if he can come back and actually help set Disney back on a better path, if his legacy wasn't cemented before, like, oh my God, like if he's Disney's savior again, you know, that would be, you know, that, that then you kind of, you know, then you're like immortal in some way. I just wonder what kind of, what can he do in the next two years? It, it feels like he's on the ship you know, he's on the Titanic and there's iceberg straight ahead. And he's now the captain to navigate around the iceberg. And, you know, it's not like there's going to be another. I mean, it, what do you think 
Okay, let's jump into that. Let's jump into the speculation. What do you think is going to happen under Iger? You know, he has a two-year deal here. Uh, obviously, he has to find a successor. But how do you think he's going to change the Walt Disney Company in the next two years? I think he's probably going to try to push. I mean, ultimately, what he's probably going to do is I think he's just unravel a lot of what Chapek did as much as yeah. best he can. You know, try to get the parks back to you know a bit more of like a something people are happy with um i think perception is going to be the big thing right like he's going to try to change the perception around a lot of this stuff i think a bit of what some of the other bigger thing too is he's probably going to try to get pixar back to being a, a more reliable brand if he can like get some things going in that direction and then also i think maybe one of the biggest things is he might actually probably take a hard look at lucasfilm and and try to get that producing a bit more because that's one of the assets that is sort of underproducing right now. Cause a lot of this, it's hard to tell, but like, I think Lucasfilm's the one thing where you're looking at that and going, that could be generating more for us. Um, and so I think maybe he'll have to look at some of that stuff, but that would be my rough guess. Yeah. One, one of the big things Chapek did behind the scenes, he created the centralized structure that he put in place where all the budgeting decisions uh, made by the Disney Media and Entertainment Division, uh, were, were had had to go through the Disney Media and Entertainment Division, uh, which is led by this, by Kareem Daniel. And um, I'm guessing that's going to be dismantled because Iger liked creative people being uh, given given the the power to make decisions, and this all kind of led to the funnel to like uh, you know uh, money people. If that makes sense, um, I, I also think uh, Peter Rice, who was was fired by JPEG just a little while ago, uh, I think he's a big guy that uh, worked with um, Iger. I think he's going to probably come back. I, I I would bet I would bet money that we see him come back to the company. Um, yeah, I, I would like to see everything you're saying. I'd like to see you know him try to build up the Pixar brand again. And, you know, make make a line that, like, we're not going to put any Pixar movies on Disney+. Plus. Uh, I don't know. It, it's tough because the other thing is Disney+, Plus is also Iger's baby. So what – I know you are kind of bullish on Disney+. Plus. Um, what do you think he's going to do with Disney+. Plus? Well, I kind of bullish in that it's the only streaming service right now that is actually gaining subscribers, like where everything else is kind yeah. of hitting a ceiling, you know. Um, but again, I, 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 the profit margins on that are thin, like even at its best. So, you know, like I, I don't know what he's going to do with Disney Plus, but I would imagine you might want to look at, you know, what's getting spent, how it's getting spent, are these expensive direct to disney plus movies do those make sense because everything's about money right now and i yeah. think that everything we've seen would suggest that expensive direct to streaming movies don't make sense for anyone yeah that's the one we thing i think you can say all you can say all the bad you want about david zaslov at warner brothers discovery he's straight up right about that and you know so like so i think that might be one thing for him to look at yeah, and Disney Plus has been lo is losing one point five billion dollars a year, which is more than twice as much as it lost the previous year. So that's a lot of money. But that's but that's uh, how streaming works. That's straight up built <laughs> into the business model. 
It'd be yeah, because the yeah. only way you become profitable is building up a library of content and that's very expensive. And so that's like straight up built into the business model. But so, so that's not, yes and no. I feel like, I feel like that's in the business model for companies that like Netflix that didn't have a streaming library, but Disney had a streaming library at the start of this. The, they had, some, but well, that's the other thing is I don't know how well they they integrated all of Fox's assets, but yeah. but but anyway, but 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 yeah, I mean, so so, but no matter what, okay, maybe it doesn't have to be that big, but it's going to be big. Like, there's no way to, you know, so again, streaming losses, that's something you build into it. But I think that you have to look at now that you're approaching profitability, maybe within 2024, that you have to look at like, okay, what are our decisions moving forward, and how do we best spend that money? And I think that, like, if you look at how well Lightyear did on Disney Plus, like, even when a movie performs bad in theaters, but then still has like a really good life on Disney Plus, like, there's almost no reason not to release stuff in theaters. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Do you, um, you know, people say that Iger is a master at acquisition. Do you think that he has one last big deal left in him, or do you think we're at a time where, you know, the debt by Fox is too much and we're entering, you know, this recession. And do you think that, that there's not the money to do it? Could I make some really like straight up reckless, reckless speculation, <laughs> labeling it. it, labeling it that it is straight up reckless. Yeah. Okay. We can maybe, this might be a good thing to end on, but one thing I'm actually working on, maybe I might be writing a piece for us about this maybe, but okay, Apple has been looking to possibly make a big splashy acquisition to get into the media business. Because uh, Apple TV Plus doesn't have much of a library and, you know, the math is different for a tech company for these things. Apple has $200 billion in cash. There has been some speculation. And Disney's and like, some- what, $100 billion? Some, the market cap somewhere. So the so look, let's not get into the numbers, but there has been some <laughs> some thought around the idea that Disney could be a target for Apple. So what if Iger was brought in, and then maybe the idea is let's join forces with Apple, you know, and then and then you know that's maybe maybe that might be on the horizon, and that's not so much Disney making an acquisition, but joining forces with Apple. Uh, I will leave it at that. I don't think that's that insane, to be honest with you. I don't. Um, at this that's... point, it's reckless to speculate about, but <laughs> maybe not insane, but reckless to talk about. Yeah. Uh, it's harder to speculate about, like, you know, would Disney acquire another company? I feel like, you know, Paramount, uh, you've been talking a lot about Paramount lately, and I feel like there's some franchises there that Disney would love to to own and put in theme parks, put on their Disney plus uh, they're, they're worth $20 billion and D- Disney has the money to buy them, but would they buy them at this point in time? I don't know. Disney's not making another big acquisition like yeah. that. That now is not the time for it. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I would straight up kibosh that entirely, maybe a small something, but they're no, they're trying to work with what they got. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I would like to see Apple. I I would love to see that. And I I hope there's one day where we come on this podcast and I I say, Ryan, you were right. You called this. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, it wouldn't be me. It's other people a little smarter than me, but me looking at that and saying, Hey, that makes sense. Yeah. 
you know, I'm optimistic. Uh, Iger, I think even in a statement says that he calls himself an optimist. And I, I, I really think that this is going to change the direction of the Disney company. Uh, you know, I, I want to see, I'm, I'm really curious to see what happens in the next couple weeks and what are the, because I feel like this is going to be one of those change in powers where you're going to see some big changes happen pretty quickly. Um, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see what Iger actually does and what he implements and what changes he makes. Um, and uh, we'll be covering it all here and on the site on slash home.com. Uh, you can find this podcast published every weekday on Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please subscribe to our newsletter. I'll put the link in the show notes. Send us your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to us at Peter at And please rate and read this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends, spread the word. We'll see you tomorrow. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.